0: Welcome back to another episode of the Mom Who Money podcast. I got my voice back! <laughs> Woohoo! Thank you guys so much for all of your positive feedback from last week's episode. Sebastian was so excited to do an episode all on his own, and he really can't wait to do another one. He's been talking about it all week, <laughs> and he's so excited about the questions that you guys have been sending him. And, you know, depending upon some of these questions, I might be answering some of these myself. I want to get in on the action, too. And I have to let you know that my offer for the Jumpstart to Wealth, the four weeks for $888, has been so popular that I'm going to offer it again for another week. So jump in with me for four weeks, and we're going to tackle your money. We're going to find ways to give yourself a raise. We're going to give yourself a raise using your own money. Who ever thought of that, right? You can actually use your own money to give yourself a raise. And that's what we will do. And then you will be on your way to creating wealth without the sacrifice. I mean, what's better than that? Remember, I make money easy for you, one dollar at a time. I mean, how do you expect to be good at something that you've never been taught? right? Money is a 100% learnable skill. And I help you master it with really just a few key practices. And bam, money's now easy and fun. So all you got to do, just go right to my website, momswhomoney.com, set up a consultation with me, and we'll make it happen for you. And if you know of anyone, family member, friends, who would totally benefit from working with me, please just pass my podcast along and my website to them. And you can also find me easily on Instagram. Just go to at EileenJoyMoneyCoach and you'll find me right there. You can always send me a DM, contact me through social. So easy. So I really want to talk about this subject. I get this question all the time. There's such a big debate about it. renting versus buying a house. There's just so many variables to it. And I always think about the American dream, right? What do you think about when you think about the American dream? Part of it is buying a house, right? But the whole American dream, when you really break it down, we are taught to go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a great job, get married, buy an expensive car, and then a house. And then you can have 2.5 kids, a dog and a cat and a fish and maybe a ferret. (laughs) You work your ass off at your job, your job, which is J-O-B, which stands for just over broke, right? Because your job keeps you just over broke. And eventually you get to retire with who knows what money you'll have later, right? That's the American dream. This to me... It sounds just more exhausting than it actually is a dream, right? When you really break it down and you think about it, it's freaking exhausting. I was a realtor for some time after the mortgage industry imploded. I had to leave mortgages at that time, and I learned so much when I was in real estate about the housing market and how it works and what a racket it actually is. It's craziness! So I have a background in education, mortgages, insurance, and real estate. And it really gives me such a huge advantage over most people because most people really have no idea how all of this stuff works. And so I know how all of it works in a big cycle and it all bleeds together. And if you really think about a house, like we're going to just talk about houses right now. So when you just break it down, a house... Really, it's just more more than wood. It's more than siding and a roof, right? And maybe a basement or a slab or whatever the house is on, right? It's more than that. A house becomes your home. It's your safe place. At least that's my house, right? My house is my safe place. It's where I can just unwind and be myself, right? So that's what it should be for you. A house should be your safe place. Where you can just unwind and be you. When I first moved into this house, I actually found this amazing doormat at Bed, Bath and Beyond that said, "This is my happy place," and I was like, "Oh my God, this is so perfect!" <laughs> so I bought that, and you know, over the years, it's you know the weather has taken its toll on it, and I had to get a new one. And I can't find that one anymore. I've been looking for it because I wanted to replace it. So if anyone finds one, let me know because I want to get that one again. You know, it's just so interesting how people view homes. And so what so when you really think about it, should you buy or rent? Like what should you do? Everyone thinks that you need to buy, and that's wrong. It really is wrong. A home is a place to live, not a place to make money. And that's where everyone gets it wrong, is that everyone thinks that you're going to make money with your house. And maybe that's the case, but not always the case. Do you remember the difference between an asset and a liability? I know I've gone over this several times, but I will repeat just for the people in the back. (laughs) An asset is simply something that puts money in your pocket. A liability is simply something that takes money out of your pocket. That is it at the end of the day. Asset and liability. Easy, right? So when you think about buying a house, you gotta think about a few things. First of all, is it the right time for you? A lot of people think it's their way to financial freedom, right, maybe or maybe not. It really depends, there's so many variables involved with houses. And buying really isn't for everyone. It really depends solely on you and your own personal situation. And what do I always say? Say it with me, you ready? Personal finances, personal, right? I'll say it again, personal finances, personal. A home should not put you into financial prison. Think about that. You should never make yourself house poor. What does house poor even mean? When you buy a house and your house payment and all of the costs of running your house keep you from getting ahead, like saving and investing for your future, your house has so many more expenses than just the mortgage payment. And most people don't think about that. Everyone just thinks to themselves, well, what's my payment going to be? But owning a home is so much more than just the payment. And a lot of times you'll see people on social media posting about how they just bought this brand new house, right? My house is so amazing. I just bought this brand new home. I love my new house, right? And all they want to do is show it off and brag about it, which is great right? But that's another way of what keeping up with the Joneses, right? We're always comparing ourselves to those Joneses. And that is what's keeping us stuck and keeping us in debt, the Joneses, right? And that's why I talk about all the time, ignoring this stuff, right? And taking a break from social media or not following people or blocking people or changing what you're looking at because of all this stuff. This is the stuff that keeps us stuck and broke, okay? So when you are jealous of someone's new home or someone's new car or their new whatever or their vacation they just took, you don't know their situation. You really don't, right? You don't know if they just maxed out their credit cards to take that vacation. You don't know how much they paid for that house, until after it sells, and you can actually look it up. But at the end of the day, you don't know if they can actually afford it. And if they became house poor, there are so many people today that are living in very affluent areas that are house poor because of the house that they purchased and all the shit that they're putting in the house, right? Think about it. The American dream that you've bought into The American dream really is being in debt up to your eyeballs. That's what the American dream has turned into. It really has. Everyone is in debt up to their eyeballs. And it's all because we're trying to keep up with the Joneses and comparing ourselves to one another. So think about your house. Is your house an asset or a liability? Do you own your house or are you renting? Your house only becomes an asset when you sell it and you actually make money off of it, right? And that means that at the end of the day, when you sell your house, the money that you make from that house can be used to invest or save or even help you purchase another home. That money is the asset, but it's only when you sell the house, not while you're living in the house. When you're living in your purchased home, it's a liability right? Think about it. If you own your home right now, think about all of the expenses that go along with your house, right? It's not just the mortgage payment, right? And when you first buy your house, you have all your closing costs and your mortgage fees and all of these things that go along with moving. Like maybe you have to pay for a moving company. Are you moving from out of state or are you moving... You know, just having going moving up from your starter home to your next home, right? Everyone calls it moving up. That's another part of the real estate racket that you don't have to move up unless your you know your family has become so large and you've really outgrown your home, right? But you don't need to keep moving just because everyone else is, right? So you buy your house. This is something that I find so fascinating that most loan officers do not educate their clients on mortgages. And when I was a realtor, I worked very hard to find loan officers that I dealt with that really took the time to educate their clients because no one understands how mortgages work. And you sit down at the closing table, think about the day that you bought your house and you went to the closing and you had a stack of papers that you needed to sign. Most of these papers were not explained to you right? They were like, sign here, 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 right? For like an hour, you're there, sign here, sign here, sign here, sign here. <laughs> and then everything gets notarized and your hands are shaking, you're sweating, you're, you're not understanding anything about what's going on because no one's explaining it to you, which I think is completely pathetic. So there's, there's one document within all of those documents that is one of the most important. There's most of them are important, right? But the one that really explains the money. That is the one called the amortization schedule. Amortization. If you have a home that you purchased, go back and look at your closing documents. Go dust them off from wherever they are in the depths of the, the bottom of the closet where you put them. And go go in there and go find the amort- it's called amortization. Amortization schedule. That is the schedule that explains how much money you're actually spending on your home. That is the one that explains how the interest works, not just at the bottom line payment, right? This is exactly how many dollars you will be spending on this home, how much money you're actually paying the bank at the end of the day, by the time that you've paid this loan for the next 30 years. So go look at it, you'll be amazed. So that $200,000, $300,000 home that you purchased, you're actually going to be paying close to $700,000, depending upon your interest rate. It's insane. Buying a home is really a mysterious process that most people don't understand. And you're just because you see someone on Facebook that bought this brand new house, you feel like you need to buy one too. But it's a process that you need to really get. You need to really understand the process before you jump into it, right? Because... I know right now with the, with COVID and all the things that happened with the interest rates going lower, which is great, right? It's great to have a lower interest rate. If you own a home and you were able to refinance the home that you're in and you got a lower payment, good for you. You're still going to be now paying on that home for 30 years because now you reset your loan for another 30 years. And also, the home prices are now so overinflated, it is mind boggling. How much a home costs now? Same thing with cars, right? Everything has gone up. Everything is now overinflated. The interest rates went down, which made it what's called a seller's market, where that seller's market means that the seller makes out better in the deal because they can basically charge whatever they want and get it because there was such a frenzy because of social media and marketing and all of these things, and just people going nuts about buying a house because the interest rates went down. But big deal, you now paid $200 extra thousand for a home that a year ago you wouldn't have paid. So now you're really overpaying for the house. And now you're gonna have to wait years and years and years and years and years for the market to correct to actually be able to make your money back if you want to sell that house cuz now no one's paying those prices. It's really fascinating. So when you think about buying a house, think about all the all the stuff that goes along with it, right? So it's not just the payment. You're paying the moving company. You're paying now to decorate the house, right? Cuz now the house that you purchase probably is a little bit bigger. You might have extra rooms to decorate that you didn't have before. So now what do you got to do? Buy new furniture, get new tchotchkes for the house, maybe some artwork and, you know, for the walls and, you know, decorative pillows and all the things, right? You're going to go to Target and Home Goods and all these stores and buy them out. And now you're spending all this extra money that you didn't plan on spending because you don't plan for these things. You just say, oh, I want to buy a new house, but then all these other costs are involved, right? And then you have the landscaper that you have to pay for, for like all the different seasons. Like, do you need snow removal, leaf removal, your, you know, lawn care, all these things. And then do you have a pool? Do you have to take care of the pool? What about your um, your HVAC system and all these things that you really don't ever think about? And then all the repairs, Putting money aside for plumbing issues, roofs, your AC unit. What if you have a flood? Just random stuff that comes up when you own a home. Things break. And you are the one that are responsible for paying for all this stuff right? All the maintenance, like even just outside, you got to power wash your house and paint the house if it needs painting and, you know, cutting back the trees and doing all these things, taking care of your house. Then you have your insurance payments and your utilities, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And you need to save money for these things. And these things are separate from your regular emergency fund, right? And no one teaches you this, right? That's what I'm here for. I'm here to teach you this, and then when you want to sell your house, that's a whole other ball game. because then the realtor comes in and says, you got to fix this and this and this and you can't sell your house if, unless you this is updated and you have to fix that. And then you need to spend more money just to sell your house. And it, you, a lot of people start renovating their homes just to sell them and you don't even get to enjoy it. And it's just money that you're spending that you don't even get back. So the difference between buying and renting with renting You can be very mobile. You have a lease for a set period of time and then you can move if you want. You don't have to worry about selling the house. You can just say, hey, landlord, peace out and move. You know, you don't have to worry about having to sell the home if all of a sudden you need to move for something. You're not responsible for fixing things. The landlord is, they own the home. So if you need a new anything, you just make a phone call and they take care of it. Like, for example, when I got divorced, I decided to rent. I said to myself, you know what? I don't want to buy a house. I just sold this house that we just spent so much money maintaining because the house that we had too was like, it was more than 30 years old. So all the things were starting to need replacing. So I said to myself, you know what? I don't know what my life is going to bring now. My whole life is different, it's all changed. I don't know what to expect. I'm going to rent. So I stayed in the same school district where we were, thankfully. I was able to find a great house that I'm renting. And I love it here. My landlord takes care of everything. My rent includes landscaping. My rent includes having a handyman on call. If I need anything, I text him and he comes right over. (laughs) It's amazing. If I need anything, this house has had some issues. Like we had to actually have the whole entire house repiped. There was lots of little leaks and things inside and out. I had to get a new AC unit. There was all kinds of little issues when I first moved in this house. And you know what? I paid for zero of it because the landlord owns the home. And all I had to do is say, hey, I need some help. Done. Right? So when is it the right time to buy a house? So answer these questions. So are you going to live in the house for at least 10 years? At least 10 years. If it's not at least 10 years, do not buy a house. You don't need to buy a house. Because remember, the house only becomes an asset when you sell it and you actually make money on it when it sells. A house is not a liquid asset. What's a liquid asset? Liquid simply means that you have access to that money right away like cash. You can't spend the money right away if the money's not liquid. Can you actually afford the house? And that simply means... Do you have twenty percent to put down on the house? Twenty percent completely separate, not not your emergency fund. Not anything else, not money earmarked for something else. Separate money that you saved just to purchase a home. So when you're saving money to purchase a home, you're saving for that 20% down, you're saving for your closing quest, you're saving for those decorating items, you're saving for those miscellaneous things that might be broken after you move in that were not disclosed, or maybe things that you just find out about after you move in and you're like, oh great, now I got to fix this, but I don't have any money set aside. These are things you need to think about before you purchase a home. You don't just jump in and buy a house just because everyone else is doing the same thing. That's ludicrous. You always have to have a separate emergency fund. Your emergency fund is simply money put aside for expenses. That's it. Living expenses in case you lose your job. That's what an emergency fund is. It's not for anything else. It's a completely separate cash money set aside. In case you lose your job, three to six months, I highly recommend it's more than that, but they say three to six months. But if you're single, you need at least eight months, maybe even eight to 12. And in these times with inflation, you really should have this money set aside. So think about this. For example, if you're going to buy a house for, let's say, $300,000, right? That's the sales price, 300 even. You're going to need $60,000 to avoid your mortgage insurance, right? You're gonna put 20% down. We put 20% down to avoid mortgage insurance. Mortgage insurance is something that's thrown on to your loan into your mortgage payment that protects the bank in case you default on your loan. And they put that on there if you pay less than 20%. And it just makes your payment go up and it's just throwing money away. It's completely throwing money away. And think about what other debts you have. Do you have enough money set aside for your emergency fund and your emergency house fund? Two totally separate things. And you want to make sure that you really have no debt before you buy a house. Why would you take on so much more debt? It really is just silly. Like the American dream has become, hey, live in America so you can be, you know, in debt up to your eyeballs. Like that's pathetic. Like seriously, that's just what it's become. And we all just live this way like mindless robots. It's not okay. It is not okay for you to live this way. And then think about, do you have a steady job that you love? Do you have a steady job? Right? And then you need to have at least a minimum of six months expenses saved in case that job you love goes away. Right? And you need to find another job because, you know, a lot of people now, even with COVID, they had great jobs. And then all of a sudden, bam, job was gone out of nowhere right? And that can happen at any time, especially now with inflation. There are so many layoffs. There are companies that cannot afford to operate with the inflation. So they're laying people off and they're laying people off that have been there a really long time, like people in management. So if you have this great job that you love so much, you know what? It can go away tomorrow. So make sure that you're saving expenses. You need to have at least minimum six months of expenses saved On the side, just in case you lose your job, because if it goes away and you can't find a job right away, you need money to live on. We don't want to be living on our credit cards. That creates a whole new problem, right? So start saving. If you're not saving, start saving, putting that money aside. And then think about where you're living too. Can you have a remote job? Or do you have to live where you work? Do you have to go to the office? Or can you work remotely? Can you live wherever? Because if you can live wherever, then you could move to a part of the country where the cost of living is really low. And you don't have to worry about all these crazy costs, you know, with all the other costs, like, you know, groceries and gas and all the other things that have gone up. So if you've said yes to these, then, you know, you can think about buying a house. But if you haven't said yes, you know, if you, if you're not, if you don't have your ducks in a row, don't buy a house, rent, rent. And also depending upon where you live, do you live in a city? Does it, you know, easy, is, it, is it easier to rent than it is to buy? Is it more cost effective? Like there's so many variables to this, so many variables and it really is personal to you. Personal finance is personal. It's only a good time to buy a house when it's a good time for you. That's it. It's only good when it's a good time for you. Not when everyone else is buying a house and you just want to follow along with the masses. Think about your specific situation. I mean, maybe even now it's might be even a good time to sell your house and rent. I mean, who knows? Like, it really depends upon your specific situation. With all the house prices that are overinflated right now, why would you overpay for a house? It's so silly. Think about how you can invest more in yourself. Invest more in yourself and make the right choices for you in your personal situation. That's always the way to go. And I just wanna say thanks to you for investing in yourself so that you can enjoy your life and stop living paycheck to paycheck. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, please share on your social media and tag me at Eileen Coach so I can see which episodes you're loving. The only way this podcast grows is by you sharing it. Please rate, review, and subscribe down below. See you next week.